All right, well, if you do have your Bibles from Ephesians chapter 4, please just stay there. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the kids to go on back to the back. Teens, you guys are in here this morning, but kids are heading on back to the back. And uh, we have some ground to cover today. All right, well... As we're talking about rising and as we're talking about kind of leveling up in different areas of our life, today I want to talk about something and just kind of reveal something that you probably know but maybe have not thought of. Can you go to this next slide? And I'm just going to tell you, we're going to pass through a ton of slides today. There's just a lot of things that I want to share with you. And if I'm going a little fast, just grab your camera, take a couple of pictures if it is speaking to you, and uh, you can always get back in touch with me after the fact. But I don't know if you guys have ever really thought about it, but in our lives up to maybe, say, let's say about 2000, 2005, and some of you are like, I was not even born. Okay, I get that, all right? And you're making me feel old, don't say it out loud. But if you've thought about this, I don't know, but it used to be that you had a professional life. And then you had a personal life, and then you had a private life. So in other words, this is kind of all-encompassing of our life. We have a professional, where we are at work and what we're doing at work. And then we have our personal life, which is kind of maybe our family and the things that we do. And then kind of the private life is the idea of who we are when no one's around and no one's looking. It's our inner life. And this used to pretty much encompass what life looked like up until, I'm going to say maybe 2005 or 2010, 2012, somewhere in that neighborhood. But if you've not thought about it, things begin to shift and there's another element of your life. And if you're like me, it's a very, very small element. But if you're also like me, you have people in your life who are important to you and they have this element and there's your private life, your personal life, your professional life, but there's also your online life. Have you guys stopped to think about the fact that there really are people who live a whole different life and world online than they do in their normal, everyday, nine to five, everything that they're doing that you've seen visibly? You guys know that, right? I don't know if you've really stopped to think about it, but one of the things that we're talking about today is to talk today about the online life. And I want to be very, very clear about something. First of all, we do not do, uh, we're going to talk about some things that might be hard, but we're not doing any of the things that we're talking about today to make anybody feel negatively or badly. I have no idea what your online habits or what your online life looks like. I just don't. Part of the reason I don't is because I'm not really online. Now, I will tell you, for some of y'all, for some of you that are young, you're like under 16, you're like, oh, what? You don't have a social media? I don't have a social media account. Not really. And uh, I, I have a Twitter that I haven't touched in, I don't know, years, right? So I don't really have an online life. Now, some of you may be under 30 and may be thinking the exact same thing, and that's okay. That's all right. Um, I have a lot of social in my life without social media. Can you guys kind of think about that for a minute? Like, I'm friends with every one of you guys. Some of y'all are friends with numerous people in this congregation. I'm friends with every one of you, and I consider every one of you guys a close friend. And so I don't have the energy mentally and all that stuff to be online. Now, I want to be very clear, that doesn't mean I think online is terrible. I have, let's see... Five of us in our family, with Mitch is the sixth, okay? And everybody in the family is online except for me. 
And so I'm not here judging anything having to do with people who are online. I just want to be clear that if I make some mistakes today, which I probably will, I just want you to know it's pure ignorance. But there are some things about online and bringing your online life in line with what God says is probably something you haven't heard a lot. The truth is, is you may not think about it too much, but your online life matters And I want to talk to you about why it matters. Now, you may be in disagreement, but real quickly, let me just ask you a couple of quick questions on this next slide. Uh, How would you feel if someone was bullying your son or daughter or your friend or friends online? Now that matters, right? That matters. It might be online, but now it matters because it's touching your life. Or what if, what if someone from your husband or wife's past slid into your D into their DMs? Y'all know what, how many of you know what it means to slide into somebody's DMs? Oh my gosh. Every, every teenager in here is like, yes, of course we know. That means that you direct messaged somebody and uh, you did it on the down low, like you slid into their DMs so you could say, hey girl, right? Okay. I mean, that, that kind of thing. So that, how would you feel? I, I'm, I'm cool with Shelly reconnecting with uh, family and friends and stuff like that. Not so much high school boyfriends. Can I get, can anybody say amen to that? Okay. So I'm not cool with that. Um, she probably would not be cool with me having <laughs> that going on either. Um, someone posted info that you told them to keep in confidence and asked them to keep secret. How many would you be upset about that, right? So all of this stuff that we kind of don't think about being real life is real life the minute that it starts affecting you. Now let's go to our next slide here real quickly. What about your young child is visiting a site known to be where kids hang out like Minecraft website or Fortnite or whatever, and you find out there's a 40-year-old man there that's interacting with those kids every day. How many of you all are a little creeped out about that? Yeah. So suddenly, that is a dark side of social media that does exist, and sometimes we don't even know that it's happening because, guess what? You can pretend to be anyone you want online, and you can't really verify it. And so it can get dark pretty quick out there, or you're blank is visiting a porn site two or three times a day. That's your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter, which I can't spell the word daughter, although I have three of them. Um, yeah, it's one of these things that this stuff all happens in your online life, and it actually affects your real life life. And if you don't bring online in line with what God says, you are living a different part of your life that is not committed and given over and allowed to be submitted to the Lord. Let's keep going here, and I want to cover some ground. The trends of socials, and socials meaning social media sites and stuff like that, research shows that online use is rising dramatically. Back in 2008, they asked people, how many times do you use socials? Only 50% said, I use a social media site in some way daily. And now in 2016, uh, going forward, 85%, and by the way, higher in young ladies than total. So it's more than 85% for young ladies. And that's 2016. And how many of you know it hasn't gotten less, right? It's not gotten less. And back in the day, 2012, it was at about 90 minutes per day on those social media sites. In 2016, it had grown to 126 minutes per average per day. In 2019, it's 153 minutes per day, and now I have no doubt that it's even more than it's ever been. So if you stop and start kind of dividing that, we're talking about two and a half, three 
hours per day on social media sites. That's a lot of time. And if you're not bringing that again in line with what God says and treating that as a true part of your life, then you could find yourself going down a path that's deep trouble and it can happen very quickly. Now, I don't want to freak y'all out, but I will tell you in studying and doing research and stuff, there are segments of the young person's population that are spending up to, wait for it, nine hours per day on average online. It's about 15% or less. Nine hours per day online for some of them. That's what they're averaging. So again, I say, you start figuring that up. That's literally more than they're sleeping per day. So it can get crazy pretty quick. Now, again, I want to just share with you, this is important because you see the scale and you see the trend and the momentum going towards things that are difficult to talk about because people are like, well, Pastor Randy, that's my private life, you know, like I'm not doing anything to hurt anybody or anything like that. And I'm not saying that that's the problem. And I'm not just talking to teenagers. I realize that people do that no matter what their age. And by the way, if you're a, a parent or a grandparent, even if you're not into social media, I promise you, people that you care about are. And so if you don't have any context whatsoever for them, it's just like you're speaking different languages and missing and totally disconnected. And I want to just share with you guys again, I want to talk about this stuff because it's really, really important and you'll hear some of the reasons why. But I'm also going to go out of my way to make sure that you hear that there's some very positive things that happen in social media sites. And I want to make sure that it doesn't feel like it's all ne negative or all down. But I do want to convey the importance of online and what it's all about. So let's go to our next slide very quickly. The BBC radio podcast called Morality in the 21st Century, episode five, back in 2018. The guest was a woman named Jean, uh, pardon me, Jean Twenge, and she is a professor of psychology at San Diego State University. It is a great podcast. It's about a 20 to 30 minute podcast. If you're interested in knowing a little bit more about some of the positives as well as some of the pitfalls for those things that are going on in your kids' lives, and they're going to deal with more and more and more as they grow older, I encourage you to check that out. It's right there, and uh, you can listen to that and uh, do so in about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. Let's go to our next slide. Oh, by the way, they're, they're British, so they're smarter. Um, all right, so real quickly, there's social, <laughs> social show uh, an impact in this way. In 2012, there was a sudden and dramatic leap that happened in a broad group of young people that started self-reporting feelings of being left out, Feelings of being lonely. Feelings like they could not do anything right. Feelings that their life was not useful. And feeling that they did not enjoy life. All of those things that they just began to self-report, you know what that's actually a sign of? Clinical depression. Every one of them. And so when I'm up here talking about this stuff, it's not because I want to change your life and every single element of habits. And I'm not here to say get off social media because I don't think that that's wise. But I will say that if you're not doing it right and doing it wisely, it's a dangerous place out there. How many of you guys have ever had the experience of getting in an argument with somebody online? Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> 
Come on, let's be honest. I, I know a few of y'all have. How many of you did not argue with them, but you sure wanted to? Can I see your hands? All right. Yes, right? We've all been there. Because it, it can push our buttons. And uh, it's a difficult thing. I don't know about you guys. I'm older. You guys know that. I thank God that there was no such thing as social media when I was growing up. I thank God because I hate, I would hate to go back and see what I thought that I thought that I thought at that time because it's just cringy. You know, it just makes me cringe. So the reason I'm bringing this up is self-reporting these feelings should make you pay attention if you have a young person. They may not be talking to you but if they are in the normal group, this is how they feel. It's a sign of depression, and it's not something that comes and goes most of the time. Because as they are feeling these issues and problems, they compound it by seeking affirmation and acceptance on socials. And how many of you guys know that socials can be a pretty negative place? Very much so, right? All right, so let's keep going. And I, like I said, I'm going to keep moving pretty quick. I've got a number of lists. So how social media is a good thing. Real quickly, here's three reasons. Social media can help make new connections and help sustain others. Part of the reason you guys are here today is because during the, so, uh, the pandemic, we had a social media site where you could still stay connected to the church, still watch us online, still interact, still do things with the church in some way. And there are other reasons to have social media as well. If you guys don't know, all of my family lives in a different state with the exception of Shelly and I. And it's really a lot easier to keep up with them and what's going on in their life by social media. Um, second thing is, is that social media can help introverts make friends in settings that are a little bit more non-threatening because, you know, people might scare them a little bit because they're not necessarily extroverts. And let's just be honest, it can be really fun. I mean, are there any cat video women in here? Can any of y'all like into cat videos? All right, so some of y'all are smiling, and you're like, yes, and a couple of y'all are like, well, that's you. All right, hey, don't, don't feel bad, ladies. They're into fishing videos. Give them one right back, you know what I mean? So we all have our thing that we're into. It's all good. It's fine. As long as it's not something that's tearing us down, it can be a really positive thing. Let's go to our next slide here. It's two sides of one coin. It's not easy for me to say, well, just do not get on social media, just get it away. You know, that's terrible. You, there's too much good on social media to walk away from it altogether, but there are bad things and difficulties that you have to face and have to take the bull by those horns. Let's go to our next slide. There are seven negative effects of social media that are on people and users according to this particular website. And I want to make very clear, this is not a Christian website. This is not a bunch of Christians trying to kill people for going on social media. This is just the normal thing. And how many of you guys have been noticing that they're after some of the social media creators of the early platforms because they know that they made it addictive and they also know that they made it harmful, but they didn't care because it was also making them money rich. That's right. So you guys already knew. Y'all have seen that. So the question is, how much room are we going to choose to give to people who don't have our best interests at heart? And how much room are we going to give them in our life? 
All right, so real quickly, let me just share those seven negatives, and I'm just going to click through them. And again, this is not a Christian website, and then we'll jump back and we'll hit that mini-movie in just a second, if that's cool. All right, so the first one is depression and anxiety, and I'm going to read this to you. Do you spend several hours per day browsing social media? Spending too long on social networking sites actually adversely affects your mood. In fact, chronic social users are more likely to report poor mental health, including symptoms of anxiety and depression. It doesn't really take too much thinking to figure out why. Social media lets you see the carefully selected best parts of everyone else's life, which you then compare to the negatives in your own life, which only you see. And comparing yourself to other people is a sure path to anxiety and happiness. And social media has made this incredibly easy to do. And then so it goes on and it says, so how do you use social media without causing yourself psychological distress? It says, if you turn uh, to the same research and common sense, the recommended amount of time you should spend on social media is around half an hour per day. That's what they're saying. As with many other potential ills in life, it's all about moderation. And if you find yourself upset after a social media setting, consider the networks you use and the people that you follow. Some of them are your family. (laughs) Just be careful with that. And you're much more likely to feel anxious after reading political arguments, doomsday news, than you are seeing fun updates from your favorite musicians, photos of your friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. So it's depression and anxiety, cyberbullying, fear of missing out or FOMO, unrealistic expectations, negative body image, unhealthy sleep patterns, and then there's also, as crazy as it sounds, general addiction. You can't actually be addicted to social media, which is an interesting conversation. I found this video. I think you might find it interesting. Let's check it out. That's me, y'all. That's me.
Well, interesting. I wanted to just share with you very quickly this big idea. Actually, just go ahead and leave it there. Social media can help reach people outside your circle for good causes. Stuff like GoFundMe, prayer support, visual updates that actually connect you to important causes. And social media can help students improve in school, boost attendance in schools as well. It's not just so easy to say, throw it out because it's terrible, because there's a lot of really good things. And so I want to talk a little bit about it, but let's begin with our big idea right here. Let's go ahead and click to that one. Can we do our big idea? I'm afraid I might have been all over the place so far already, Colin. <laughs> a great life honors God in every area of it. A great life honors God in every area of it, no matter what. Can you guys say it out loud with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. A great life honors God in every area of it. So we've been talking about rising and how we might change some of the patterns of our life and make small changes and see a big benefit to it. So let's talk about this something to learn, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. The Apostle Paul wrote multiple letters to the Corinthian church, which is located in modern-day Greece. The church was heavily influenced by the world around them, is notoriously opposed to the Christian view. There literally was a verb in the ancient world called to Corinthianize, which was a way of saying to be sexually promiscuous. So you might think that everybody in the ancient world were squeaky clean and living good lives, and it wasn't easy for them, it wasn't hard for them to do the right things. But the truth of the matter is, is that even the people in Corinth that became Christians were still battling, this is the world, and it's pulling me in that direction, and this is God's truth, and it's pulling me in a different one, and they feel caught in the middle with a tug of war. And in the midst of that tug of war, Paul said something that they needed to hear because we know they needed to hear it because it came from God to Paul and then he shared it with them. And now I want to share it with you. Let's go to our next slide. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. In other words, what God's word is saying is, you have one life. You are a new creation. I can take you in a new direction. You don't have to live like everyone else in this world because my power can take you from this to a new place, but you have to decide. And it doesn't come down to just doing right and wrong. It also comes down to doing better and, y'all know what I'm about to say? Best. Because for some of us, we want to know if it's sinful. And if it's not sinful, we're good with it. But we will never be all that we have been created to be if we just simply say, I'm going to steer away from sin but I'm not actually going to give up those things that I know I don't really need in my life and those things that don't benefit me. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a hint about who I am. Uh, here's the good and here's the bad, okay? 
So when I was in college, I had an amazing professor. His name was Dr. Thomas Marbury. He's one of the biggest influences of my life. He was from the Randall University where I studied to be a preacher and teacher and all of the Bible classes I went through with him. Just an incredible guy. But he was great with books and a little quirky in real life. How many of y'all know somebody like that? Y'all know? All right. So he was quirky to the nth degree in real life. Super duper smart. So we stumbled onto something that we couldn't stop when we were teenagers. We figured out that he had a real um, habit of saying, there are no dumb questions. No, 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 no. There are no dumb questions. And so y'all see where I'm going with this? Every time we would get together in his class, this is, I'm not proud of this, but this is who I was when I was younger. I'd say, Dr. Marbury, I have a question, but it's probably a stupid question. He'd go, no, 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 Randy, there's no dumb questions. And I'd go, okay, and I'd kind of chuckle. And then my friend next to me would go, but Dr. Marbury, that answer leads me to ask you what probably is just a dumb question. No, 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 there are no dumb questions. And so it was over and over. We probably had him one day saying it five times within the space of about three minutes. No, 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 there's no dumb question. And I mean, we just could barely figure out a way to not crack up in the middle of it, you know? It was just, we're not good people. Y'all pray for us. I mean, these are the Christians and, you know, preachers. That's what we would do. It's like, push the button, watch the reaction. Push the button, watch the reaction, and then laugh, right? You know what I'm saying? Have, uh, none of y'all have ever been that mean, I know. Like I said, pray for me. I need help. There's something about me that hates feeling like anybody looks at me and goes, Randy is so basic. I push the button and the reaction is already done. It's just got to be, I push the button and he's going to react exactly like I want him to. I already know what he's going to do. There's something that my own respect for me just plummets when I can tell I'm being manipulated and they're pushing the button and expecting the reaction and then benefiting from it somehow. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't like to be manipulated. It bothers me about me that I might be manipulated and part of what I hate, and in a minute you might even see me, I'm on DuckDuckGo. Whenever I go searching for something, I'm on DuckDuckGo. You know why? I've searched for stuff and it shows up on the side ads from Google like for 12, 15 weeks. Do you still want to buy Texans tickets? Do you still want to buy Texans tickets? Do you still want to buy Texans tickets? It's like, I didn't want to buy them the first time. I can't afford to go see, right? But I'm being manipulated. They think, push him in this corner, show him, tantalize him, debate, he'll, he'll eventually bite. I don't know if that bothers anybody else. But that's exactly what social media thinks of us, all of us. And I don't know if you've stopped to think about it, but it bugs me pretty bad. And like, I don't know, I just want to share with you, be, be deeper than that. Be better than that. When they think they can manipulate you, if they just show you enough skin, or show you enough temptation to spend, or show you enough frustrating information about a certain topic, 
push the button, push the button, push the button. They know they're eventually going to get you. That bugs me bad. And I just would encourage you, as a Christian, I think we're supposed to be new creations. We're supposed to have a power that saves us from being so binary and so predictable. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I, I hope you do. I, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm, I'm frustrated in the life that we live that online can be such a negative and difficult place to navigate. All right. Oh, my goodness gracious. So much to say and so little time. Real quickly, I want to talk about five things that are rules for socials, and I'm going to hit them quick. Let's do it real quickly. Five rules for socials done right. The right thing to stay will still be there later, and it'll still be right later. How many of you have ever said something, got more information, and wish you hadn't said something in the first place? It'll still be there tomorrow. You don't have to be first, but it's nice to be right and accurate. Social's done right. The second thing, real quickly, treat it like food. Make sure it's healthy and make sure it's in moderation. <laughs> the dopamine in your brain, there's a dopamine, it's a, it's a receptor, and you have that trip of dopamine, and they figured out how to manipulate people to do that whenever they get that hit of dopamine. It's the very same thing that happens when we taste something we like, when sex is involved, when illicit drugs are involved. That's all the positives. It's the receptors firing in your brain, and that's why we pursue those things. But there's also social media doing the same thing. It releases dopamine. That little sound that you guys heard on the video of the like with the heart, y'all have heard that before. And if you've got your phone notifications on, somebody gives you a like, you're like, you don't even have to be told how to respond to it. You have that little, like that moment of, oh, it's affirmation, it's appreciation, it's connection, which is what we're shooting for. But unfortunately, social media takes us in a different direction than the real thing. And by the way, food is good for you, but make it healthy and don't eat a ton of it. And social media can be good for you, but make sure it's healthy and don't consume a nine hours worth amount, right? All right, let's keep moving here. Uh, I think it might be in the second, yeah, or third one. Yeah, you're right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make y'all mad. Never confront somebody online. Do it in real life only. And I'm trying real hard to be cool. I-R-L. Y'all know what that stands for. I know that's like 20 years ago, young people, I know. Yes, in real life only. And you're like, well, I would, I would never do that. I'm not an argumentative person. Well, then why are you doing the keyboard courage thing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now I'm getting to meddling, aren't I? Right? I mean, if you can't have a conversation with somebody over FaceTime or sit down and have coffee with them, just keep your mouth shut online. And they, if they do the same thing, it'd be a whole lot safer out there online, wouldn't it? You know what? You could actually type it out and be nice. I'm not sure that I agree with your stance on this, but it's probably because we grew up in different directions and had different experiences. But I'd love to hear more of what you have to say. Maybe we could meet online. The coffee's on me. Right? Something like that. And then you actually have to decide it's a real decision or just fire it off and say whatever. 
that's where things get messy. All right, let's keep going here. Social's done right, 100% honesty, 100% of the time. If you've got a burner account, you are flirting with disaster in your life. And I know that that sounds like it's a really big blanket statement, but I'm telling you, if you've got a burner account, you know you're not wanting to do the right things. You need to reconsider. And then the fifth thing, very quickly, um, act like you'll never be able to get it back. Not just the time that you've spent, but act like you're never going to be able to get it back because there are things that have been deleted that are still out there for people. Did you guys know that? So real quickly, I don't want to go to the tweet thing just quite yet. Let's talk about this thing in moderation. Hit it and keep moving quickly. And here's what I want to share with you. The four laws of behavioral change. Uh, If you did have it right, and then we'll go right into that one. If you want to prevent a negative habit or build a positive habit, this is how you do it. You make it invisible if you want it to go away. You make it obvious if you want it to stay. You make it unattractive if you want it to go away. You make it attractive if you want it to stay. Difficult if you want it to go away. Easy if you want it to stay. Unsatisfying versus satisfying whatever you're wanting to do in your life. So here's what I would say. I'm going to make a couple of recommendations. And it's not that you have to take any or all anything like that. But if you look at your life and you say, you know what, I really do want to change some of that. I want to make four suggestions on moderating that part of your life and just see if it's something that actually works and helps helps you. So let's go to this next slide. Say no comment to the comment section every time. I encourage you, say no comment to the comment section. That means you don't post and that also means you don't read. How many of you have ever read a comment section that you just knew nobody would have anything but good things to say and it ended up ruining your day? Can I see a hand out there? Y'all know what I'm saying? No hands, but everybody's going, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, that's me, that's right. Because all it takes is one half, half negative comment to throw you all the way off for the whole day. I know it's just me. Um, Never bring your phone to the table. Turn it on silent, turn it upside down during in real life settings, you know, that kind of thing. Put your socials app only on your laptop. Oh, wow. That's really bold, right? Or put the app on your very last screen. How many of y'all have got like six screens on here? You got six of them? And don't you hate when you got an app and you're like, Dad, come it, here we go. All the way to the end, and then we finally find it. You're like, why would that matter? It's a funny thing how we're built that we avoid things that are hard or frustrating and we go to things that are easy. That's why the new videos play without you choosing them. They choose you. Y'all notice that? It's like a shot of dopamine, another shot, another shot, another shot, another shot, and you don't get off that merry-go-round unless you finally say enough. And so I would say, if you're really serious about maybe changing it, you could just put your app on the very last screen because it's frustrating to have to go all the way to the end. And you might go on there a little less often, even just one or two or three times less per day might make an actual difference. And then you can choose an offline day. You know, you can just say, you know what? I'm online all other six days, but Wednesdays, I'm not doing any socials. 
Or, you know what, Saturday, no socials for me. Whatever. I, I, I'm not here to choose the day. I'm not even here to choose that you do this. But if you're serious and you know, man, maybe my online life is affecting my in real life life a little too much, you could do this. Now, I actually want to brag just a little bit. Um, my wife and I, we've been married for a long time, but we're still very much in love. And uh, we had a great day the other day. I mean, just a great day. We, we went out to Galveston. We looked deeply into one another's eyes out there walking on the beach. And as we looked in one another's eyes, she professed her undying love for me. And I said, you're pretty cool too, you know, like a man should. And uh, we started hugging. Just gave one another a kiss, and there, there we are. Somebody saw what a deep and passionate moment it was. They took pictures of us. <clears throat> so y'all are jealous, and that's a humble brag right there, if y'all didn't know. It can be like that sometimes, can't it? Right? Yeah. When you're in real life and you're missing all the really important connection and what a tragedy it is. And I just mentioned a minute ago that there are times in your life that you can never get back and there are things that you can say online that you can never get back and there's time that you can waste giving headspace to people that don't deserve it but that you can never get back. But Ephesians chapter 4 says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and instead be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And therefore, each one of you puts off falsehood and speaks truthfully with their neighbor for all of us are members of one body. And in your anger, don't sin and don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and don't give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing, steal no longer. Do work, do something useful with your own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth or out of your keyboard. But only that which is helpful for building other people up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed by the, way, uh, by the day of redemption. And instead, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every single form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now take all of that and at the end say online. Online. Put away all anger, bitterness, and rage online. Speak truthfully with your neighbor online. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath that you got while you were, y'all know where I'm going? Online. It goes on and on right? Now, again, I say there's stuff that's going to happen out there online in that part of your life that you can't bring back and you can't get back. And sometimes it matters in big ways. Sometimes it costs you in big ways. There was a young man, his name was Josh, and he grew up in Fresno, California, a little further outside, but it was in Fresno, California that he grew up. And when he was there in high school, he got a Twitter account. 
And on that Twitter account, he posted some different things, and not every one of them this was the smartest thing he'd ever done. I mean, after all, he was in high school. And uh, if you've ever been a high school boy like I have, man, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> good luck to you. That's all I got to say. It is hard to be a high school boy. I know it's hard to be a high school girl. So Josh thought he was pretty cool. He started posting some tweets online. And uh, it was no big deal because that was something that he felt pretty comfortable at that time saying and doing. Eventually, though, Josh didn't stay in Fresno, California. He ended up moving to a place called Laramie, Wyoming. And if you know where Laramie, Wyoming is, very cold there right now. But it's also the place where Wyoming University is. And he went there to play football. Now, that's not a great college town or a great college football program, but Josh had a ton of extra talent, and he started shining, and suddenly he started growing in his arm strength as well as his body and his frame, and suddenly he's six foot five, got a cannon of an arm, and this kid from Wyoming starts getting talked about as being a guy who might get drafted in the NFL draft. And so guess what they start doing whenever they're talking about drafting a young man into the NFL? They start going back into his social media accounts and they realize that this young man had posted some stuff. And when they saw the stuff that he'd posted, it was pretty out there, racially insensitive at best. I mean, the best face you could put on it. And they said, let's get rid of that quick. So they got rid of it, or so they thought, because it was still out there. They thought they'd get rid of it. So Josh Allen, who now actually is a young man who plays in the NFL and has gotten past some of this stuff in his past, is actually a pretty successful quarterback. But I have no doubt whatsoever that this young man who was probably going to be the number one draft pick and make millions and millions more dollars than he has made up to this point, the thing that he sent out on a tweet back in high school probably cost him millions of dollars because they didn't know, is this what he really thinks? Was this a phase? Who do we know that we're about to pay millions of dollars to? And so it affected his life his online affected his real life. Now, as we started today, I gave you lots of examples, five of them, how online life could affect real life. And some of it is a little quirky and some of it is just flat out dangerous. But I'm here to tell you, this is not something where God does not belong. Our life is built around giving God all, all of the areas of our life. And a great life can never be built if it's solid and strong in this area and got hollowness and rot in this. So we have to have the life that glorifies God in every single area. And man, I don't know what your habits are. I have no idea. My desire here is not to in any way engage you and make you feel negatively, but it is instead to engage you and say, have you really ever thought about this? 
Have you thought about you might be walking a tightrope that you think you're safe, but you might not be nearly as safe as you actually think you are? I just encourage you to think about what God might say if he were watching over your shoulder as you surf, as you swipe right and left, as you do all the things that we do online that are just so normal that we take it for granted and yet probably have never really thought much about what God might say. Heavenly Father, as we end our time, I know this is a tough and difficult thing. It is not an easy conversation. It is not an easy place to go. Uh, But we do realize that God, wholeness, integrity, truth, and and a life that is built in a way that builds us up rather than tears us down is something that we do as we give you total control and total access to every part of our life. And Lord, I just pray that if there are young people who are struggling with depression or hurt or anxiety, that they would realize they are not alone. And that thing that feels so real to them is not real life. But instead, God, that you would give them strength from the inside and rebuild them and bring them back to a place of wholeness where they get their trust, integrity, and their affirmation from you above all other things. And I also pray, Lord, that if someone is walking that tightrope in their online life and they are closer to the edge than they realize, that you would help them to understand that those things which are hidden eventually come to be known and their consequences I just pray that they would commit their whole life and their whole path to you and you alone. God, we love you. We know that you are the one who brings us peace and joy. And the Bible tells us that in your presence, our joy is joy everlasting. And so I pray that we would gravitate towards you and walk away from those things that are unhealthy and might be hurting. want to ask you for just a brief moment can you look within and make sure that those things that are going on in your online life are things that bring glory and honor to God and things that are making you healthier and taking you in a good direction thing in the world that I want is for you to misunderstand my intentions of going through these things and going this deep. The easy thing is to mention it and keep moving. But I also know that your life, it has to be opened to the Lord and there are big consequences. I hope you know that everything that I have shared comes from a heart of love and a desire to seek you have life to its fullest. The Lord said he came that you might have life and have it to its fullest. 
and what is easy and what is sugar high feeling is not always those things which make us healthy. I hope that you will hear me. Especially if you are listening to other voices, whether inside or outside, that are telling you that you're not enough and that you're not smart enough or pretty enough or that people don't care about you or that you're worthless. It's a lie. It's such a deep lie. Please do not let that be the final word. Let God have that final word. He loves you. And I love you guys too. And I hope and pray that if you are hurting, that you will take a minute, maybe you could just reach out to me or someone else here in this church that you know loves you, has your back, and will point you in the direction of truth based on God's truth. hearts in ways that we do not but Lord bless especially if there's one who's close to an edge of making a decision that could be catastrophic in some way pull them back from that ledge and let them hear of your love and of the love of other people I pray in Jesus name I pray